to picture when I when someone says Psalm 23, he leads me into green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Does somebody just want to tell me what that looks like in their mind's eye? Because it's probably similar for most of us. In my mind's eye, um, green pastures and still waters is the, um, the beach at um, Lightning Lake in the, um, in the public um, day use area. Uh, we often go there and fish. And um, this past week I've been encouraged to um, just focus more on relaxing. And that was my restoring my soul place. And so that's beside, um, beside the still waters of the lake and the green pasture of the beach. It's, it's Brian when we're fishing in a lake and he caught more fish than I did. <laughs> I think we're going Being for- at the cabin at my daughter's place and we sit and just watch the people boating or my grandchildren doing their um, sliding with their skis. And it's kind of really relaxing and it's very peaceful. And the water was still until they got onto the water and <laughs> before it was like a mirror, it was just like glass, it was just gorgeous. Then when they went skiing, we could see all the ripples of the water, but it's just absolutely gorgeous, nice and peaceful. For me, I, I find it, I find it really relaxing to drive and uh, doing deliveries for Rona gives me a chance to get out of the yard and just focus on kind of calming myself down and being at peace. at times biz visitations it's a beautiful lake that i think you cut out there cherry joe you want to say that again It's a, a beautiful lake that we swim in when we were younger, right in Manitoba, called Lake Winnipeg, and it was Wanasing Beach. There's all these beautiful green reeds blowing in the wind, and the lake was blue, and you could swim for miles. So peaceful and so beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for thanks for sharing. And uh, this is this is the funny part about um, inviting the Holy Spirit to lead is it, that actually wasn't what I was expecting, but <laughs> that that is just shows you how personal the Holy Spirit is that he tailors things like Travis when he's driving that that we can just go into that deep place in the spirit and you know it almost feels like you're going you're going in, down into that place of just the the peace of god so we can hear and listen and he can speak to our hearts um 
if if I was thinking about the actual the psalm and um, sheep and greenery and stuff, I, I don't know if your picture looks like this, but let me see if I can uh, bring this up. Oops, I gotta do screen share. Okay, can you see that? Can you see sheep? Yes, lots of them. <laughs> yeah, sheep, and it's very green, and the, the sheep are very fluffy, and uh, there's some lovely water there. There's a shepherd in the middle of them. There's a really nice chubby sheep with a nice thick coat, and sheep only drink from still waters. They, they, won't, they don't like running water. And so that for me, when I picture when when I, I was picturing Psalm 23, typically I would picture this really sort of English countryside, idyllic, calm, rich, lush, um, you know, scenery. But in reality, where David lived at the time when he wrote Psalm 23 probably looked more like this. I don't know if that's shocking to anybody, <laughs> but um, it looks a lot more like where we lived in North Africa and the places where there would be still water and greenery are kind of few and far between. If you think of what David said, that he leads me beside still waters he leads me into green pastures does that change at all knowing that this is probably the setting in which he was sitting anybody have a comment on that i think he was thinking about when he dies god is giving him God is taking him to greener pastures and still waters, you know, be more at peace, to be at calm. Okay, so it's like a future sense of it. Yes. I don't think he was talking about because everything's kind of old sandy and gravelly. I don't think he was going to be talking about green pastures where he was living. I think he was talking about when he dies. He'll have green pastures and still waters. Hmm. Okay. So a future sense. Any any other thoughts? That, that might be because there probably weren't any. To me, luck. he is to green. Gord, why don't you go first and then Terry Joe? Okay. Um, I was thinking that it, that might be what the Marilyn is saying because there where where David was there weren't too many lakes uh, there was the Dead Sea which I don't think the sheep would drink from <laughs> um, Sea of Galilee was probably quite a ways north of him so probably on, the only water they had nearby was streams Hey Terry Joe I, I'm kind of seeing that the Lord is 
my grassy meadows and he is my tranquil streams. That's what I'm hoping. And then I can have it anywhere because God's everywhere. Okay. Okay. So it is, it is written in the, in the present tense, right? It's written in the present tense. I, I like, I love this picture of the shepherd because he's obviously very, uh, he knows his sheep really well. You Like he's, He's, uh, you know, he's touching the sheep. And of course, John 10 says, my sheep know my voice and uh, they follow me. My sheep uh, hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. <clears throat> so I'm just going to take that picture away there for a second. <clears throat> You know, when I when I started thinking about this, and this is this that picture of the Middle East is is very much like what we saw in Chad, where sheep and goats look very alike, which also gives you insight into the biblical division of sheep and goats at the end of time, and sheep and goat nations because they they looked very alike. The sheep aren't all fluffy and uh, bred for just their wool; they're they look more like goats. They were Nubian sheep. And the land was pretty parched until rainy season came. So there are seasons when there are seasonal rivers and there are seasons when there are very green places. But for me, it changed the level of dependency on the shepherd. Do you understand what I'm saying in that? If, if I'm living in a parched, and how many times does David say, you know, I live in a parched and weary land. <laughs> it's the land that will flow with milk and honey when the full blessing of the Lord comes upon it. But a lot of Israel, a lot of the, the area that God accorded to Abraham is pretty parched. And so David says, I find rest in God the way I bring rest. I bring my sheep to rest in these places that only a good shepherd is going to know where to find them. So for me, that <clears throat> it changed everything in my understanding of how precious the relationship with the shepherd is. Because if there's grass plentiful and water plentiful in my world, then I can just be a happy fat sheep and re run around and eat and, and, you know, everything is good. But if I live in a land that's full of scorpions and snakes and actually lions and bears, David says he killed a lion, he killed a bear with his bare hands. And, you know, wolves or coyotes then suddenly, if I'm a smart sheep, and I know sheep are not on the top of the list of intelligent animals, they were at the end of the line when God was giving out <clears throat> reasoning abilities. But they, if I was a little bit smart sheep, I would be like on the heels of the shepherd, because I'm like, there's a lot of stuff out there that can get a little defenseless sheep like what is a sheep gonna do right bah, go away you know there's not a lot you can do and 
<clears throat> I think this picture <clears throat> of the actual terrain, the land that David was in when he, he didn't pen this till probably later in life, life but he, <clears throat> that's where he was a shepherd. And that's where he learned to, you know, throw his sling and do all the things that he did in defense of the sheep. So I know when we moved back to, when we moved to Canada from Africa, it, over the years, I felt like our dependence on the Holy Spirit has grown less and less because life here gives the semblance of our being more in control. Now I'd say that because when you live in a developing country and uh, Brian and Sue will relate to this, anyone who's lived in a de developing country, the kids, the kids stories from Nepal, I'm sure are um, rarely does plan a ever go <laughs> right Lorraine. <laughs> Uh, B, C, D, there's a big alphabet in the developing world to get to other plans uh, that you end up having to uh, encounter before things happen. Things don't work the way we think they ought. And our ought is kind of an entitled ought from the first world. When I think of the shepherd and how I actually really do need the shepherd, even when I have the trappings of order or provision or whatever that is that can change in the blink of an eye um, suddenly i realize i really need to be very uh, dependent on the shepherd and i think this week when um i was reading <clears throat> i was reading a book um it's called fire and being v vessels of fire and glory mario murillo and he talks about how it became unfashionable to um, talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a lot of North American churches and how that affected the church and how it affected society because the gospel was not necessarily as spirit driven as it is when you read the book of Acts. So I'm not going to go into all of the references about the Holy Spirit, you know, to, to do a whole study of the Holy Spirit. But a couple things I'd like us to do this week is reread the book of Acts, reread the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit was promised and Jesus said, don't do anything until you receive the Holy Spirit, right? He, he leaves <clears throat> and he says to the disciples, um, it is better that I leave and then the helper will come. And I, I quote a teacher who says this often. He's like, Jesus, <clears throat> the disciples must have thought, Jesus, you don't get much wrong, but you must have got this wrong. This can't be correct. We really love doing life with you, the rabbi. We're walking around with you moment by moment, living with you as we travel around. You model the kingdom of God. You teach us. We eat and camp together. We're, you've trained us to do stuff. 
and now you're going to leave? And Jesus says, yep, and that's going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. And they're like, I don't think so. How could this be good? And we, I think we almost look at the Holy Spirit as a consolation prize. It's like, if only I could have been there walking with Jesus in the, you know, with my sandals on, walking in the sandy land and him walking just in front of me. And Jesus says, wait, that's not what I said. I'm paraphrasing here. He, he said, it's going to be better for you. The church will be birthed by dun, 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 the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God is going to come and don't do anything. Don't go anywhere. Wait, stay in place. Don't move until the Holy Spirit comes. And when he has filled you, he will do what he wants to do. So this week, Bruce and I were talking about <clears throat> the book of Acts and, and how when the people, when the apostles went to do something, now this is after the spirit comes and the people are persecuted and sent out and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. But at one point it says the, the apostles gathered and by now it's not just the 12, it's, you know, there's lots of thousands of people have heard the gospel, been changed. And there seems to be other than, and we'll check out the scriptures in Acts. If you believe, then you can either be water baptized first or filled with the spirit. That order didn't matter. And you'll see that because there'll be people that they encounter that hadn't yet received the Holy Spirit. And they're like, haven't you received the Holy Spirit? And they, they, they made sure that they remedied that too sweet, you know, like right away, because you don't want to try this thing without the Holy Spirit. He's the engine of the whole thing. So <clears throat> at one point, Paul and Barnabas and some of the brothers gather and it says, and they were ministering to the Lord, which I love because it's like they were worshiping and fasting and praying. And the Holy Spirit says, set aside for me, Paul and Barnabas to do this. And this new mission and new direction was born and the and then they prayed again and confirmed it and then they sent them out under the unction of the holy spirit and it just sounds so perfect doesn't it <laughs> i mean everybody everybody just agrees and it's initiated by the holy spirit and so as we go through this week and my you know time is already running out ask yourself this when I, when I joined CMA, the Christian Ministers Association, they said, filled out, you know, some paperwork and it said, how would you describe your relationship with the Holy Spirit? One word. So I just want you to take a little piece of paper and a pen or pencil right now and just ask yourself, if I describe my current relationship with Holy Spirit, what would that one word be? Let's give you a sec. <clears throat> okay, people, 
people looking at me again so i'm going to assume you have something so that could be anywhere from you know i'm uh not sure non dull sporadic to over here at vibrant living growing passionate somewhere along the spectrum maybe okay could be could be anything anybody feel like they're they want to share their word growing stronger woohoo encouraging yep anyone else trust fresh trust trust okay <laughs> trust excellent wow beautiful precious precious marcus says reverent i think yeah wow meet that it's different everybody's got something different right okay so whatever that word is and and you know his sheep here his voice right so you hear him he's speaking to you he loves you so now what would be ask the holy spirit what he would like your relationship to be what would he like your relationship to be so it's it's not there now what would that one word be just ask holy spirit Anybody want to share that word? <clears throat> Sue, Sue West has something to share here. <laughs> Go, Sue. <laughs> um, no, this morning I actually woke up and I, the first thing I, I thought. I'm, I'm glad you woke up this morning. Yeah, I woke up. Yeah, yeah. After that <laughs> big time change. <laughs> I was thinking about the Holy Spirit this morning. And I don't always think about him first thing in the morning. I'm not like super spiritual or anything like him. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So, but my word was gentle. I feel like the Holy Spirit's always gentle with me. I don't think I could handle it if he was like harsh and not that the Holy Spirit would be harsh, but. Um, what was he asking you? Oh, what was he asking me? Yeah, more, like more, come closer. Yeah, come closer. Yeah. So it's just interesting that I woke up thinking about the Holy Spirit and yeah, this is the subject. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Thanks, Sue. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be real honest here. And the, the first word that came to mind thinking about my relationship with the Holy Spirit was spotty. Um, <laughs> but I think the word that came to mind, uh, that he, that he wants it, the one that he wants it to be is drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you, Suzanne. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. Uh, that's a dive right in yeah hallelujah anyone else i'll be honest as well when 
with what he wants it to look like for me is just that I won't be interrupted by worldly things in the world from my relationship with him. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. My second mm -hmm. word was deeper. Wow. I hope you're writing these down, guys. These are precious words right from the Father's heart through the Holy Spirit to you. He did in the chat. Had... Sue, mine was just uh, close, and then he said to me, I want it closer. Mm. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, I was just, yeah, cool. I was just going to read uh, TJ said more in the chat, and Henry said one with the father. Right on. Right on. Mine was closer. Mine was closer too. Someone else was about to speak, and I interrupted them. Who was that? Kevin. Uh, I was first was same as Marcus, reverent, and then the second word was alive. Woohoo! Yeah. And I've got that the Holy Spirit is persistent and I'm often distracted. And the second one was dependent. Okay. David? <laughs> no, he's not sharing. <laughs> yeah. If 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 you if you you might want to just go back and camp with the Holy Spirit there for a little bit and and talk about this. Um, is he able to get you where he said, you know, closer, consistent, whatever, whatever it was he said to your heart? Is he able to do that? Second Timothy, I am convinced that he is well able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day, right? He is well able and he is gentle. I love that, Sue. And um, he wants us to come closer. And the, there's such an invitation for more. I loved Marcus's testimony last week that in the last three months, God has just drawn him so much deeper and closer and more intimately into him. So we're gonna we're gonna sort of tie this off, but um, this is Holy Spirit is a person, he's a gift, he's our life source, and the new place that God is taking the church for this time in history is moving us from being an audience to being an army. And that means each of us communing with the Holy Spirit, hearing the Holy Spirit, letting the Holy Spirit speak and walk and talk through us and live through us. It's, I always quote, Galatians 2.20 is, it's no longer I who lives, it's Christ who lives in me. But, you know, a lot of us start the verse where we like it. I have lots of, everybody quotes scriptures and they kind of quote some of them sometimes. The beginning of that verse is, I have been crucified <laughs> with Christ. And it's no longer I who live in the body. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Holy Spirit has so much more for us. He And peace is the door through which we pass to go to those deeper places. So he wants to work through that place of peace in the midst of 
the dry and weary land. He has Jesus. He is the still waters. He is the green pasture that we can feed on in our hearts and our spirits to take us to the places where God wants us to go because the church for this time in history is going to be a passionate, powerful people who do what the Holy Spirit wants. Amen. My word was refresh. Oh, beautiful. So beautiful, Mayor. Yeah. So I encourage you this week, spend time fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Do you know, when I say Holy Spirit, I'd say, what is the thing you associate mo most with the Holy Spirit? And you might say power. It's also joy. Go look it up. He is the spirit of joy. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, says, hey, wow, I'm so happy that you are revealing this to the children, not the wise. So I just encourage you to pursue Holy Spirit who is pursuing you this week. And um, I'm guessing we're going to have some incredible testimonies already next by next week because <laughs> he's he's anxious to do that. Amen. Any other last comments, insights? Yeah, I, I have one. Um, on uh, Psalm 23, I just couldn't let it go. It really, really stood out to me. Um, verse, especially verse 2, where he says, the prophet says, he makes me lie down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And this can be said of an emotional state or spiritual state, also a literal green pasture. I mean, God put dew on the ground for Gideon, and then the next day he put, it, it, uh, it was different. So God can do anything, but the fact of the matter is, he says here, he makes me. So this is something God does. He makes us lie down in that pasture of emotional rest, tranquility. And when we're in that place, it's easy to hear God. It's easy to perceive what God is doing in our life, what he's requiring from us, what his plans are, what he wants to do with us. So it's more of a reference to what he does not what we do. And I'm not taking away what you said, Sue, about God. We're in the position of moving from being a hospital people to, a, to an army of people who are extremely gifted with God's gifts of the Holy Spirit. I, I believe that. At the same token, this is what God makes us do, is lie down to perceive what the plan of God is in our lives, personally, especially. So... I love that. It just stood out to me. He makes me. So this is something he does. So, you know, we all, we struggle, right? We, we despair sometimes. And we do. And, and we, in the time of testing and hard trial, he, we need to tell it to ourselves and say it out loud. He makes me lie down in this difficult situation. And then he changes our life. He doesn't leave us there. 
right? Anyways, there you, there you have what I want to say. Amen. 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 Well, bless the Lord. It's sort of hard to close when it's like this, right? <laughs> so, uh, Bruce, do you want to close in prayer, buddy? I mean, Pastor? Buddy's, buddy's okay. <laughs> um, when you were asking that question, I got comfort for both situations. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, Lord, I just thank you that you've sent to us the comforter. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think of laying in bed and bringing that blanket over top of me and uh, how that you do comfort us. We just, we just thank you. Thank you for our time together. Oh, just, just bless each one. You, you see us, each one is precious in your sight. You love each one of us the same and and we just we just thank you for that just uh, uh speak to us this week we 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 know changes are coming father and you're going to be the author of those changes we just uh make our heart or cause our hearts to be open to to all of that father bless uh bless sue for leading and Gord for doing the techie stuff and Suzanne for leading us in worship and, and Brian's song and so on and so on. Every, everyone had something incredible to share, Father. We just, we just thank you for that. I just uh, pray a blessing on each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.